Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball, and today I am really excited. I have Nick Cavara with me. Hi, Nick. Hello. Thanks for having me, Lorraine. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Nick is the founder and CEO of Social Punch Marketing, and today we're going to talk specifically about customers, aren't we? Yes, we are. And when I first reached out to Nick about this program, he said something that really made a lot of sense to me. He said that he knew how to reach the easiest folks to sell to. Nick, who are those people? It's really pretty simple, and what's funny about it is that most small businesses, and most businesses in particular, don't understand this. The easiest people to sell to are your current customers. You know, when you say that, it makes perfect sense. But I think you're right. We do forget that. We forget because we're always chasing the new and the shiny. That's absolutely true. And I think that's what's kind of confusing about it for everyone as well. And there's a reason why it's confusing. We get bombarded every single day by, depending on which survey you listen to, 3,000 to 5,000 marketing messages every single day. And because that's the reality, we've become experts at ignoring advertising, um, but we've also become experts as to what we want to choose to listen to and what not to. The folks who can hit you with marketing over the head again and again and again are the big guys that have big marketing budgets. So if you think of Pepsi or Coca-Cola, for example, they can hit you almost 3,000 times themselves each day. Mm-hmm. And they continually do that over and over again. But small businesses can't compete with that. But the reality is is that people think that that's the right way to market because that's what they see and hear every single day. But that's not what's going to break through for small businesses. Where small businesses can really make a difference is by being a real person as opposed to the corporate entity that the big guys usually typically are. And I always ask this, like I do a bunch of marketing seminars, one of my favorite questions to ask is, hey, do you have a really great relationship with your cable company? I love that question because, of course, they're going to say no, they don't. And, and you're absolutely right, that authenticity. People do business with small businesses because they feel personally connected. That's right. And you have to remember, too, and small businesses forget this, we don't do business with businesses. We do business with people. And even if you're doing business-to-business marketing, if somebody wants to call it that, it's still people doing business with other people. I think in the digital realm, because there's so many things that are fun and cool that you can do, but they're not necessarily personal. They may be automated, or you know, maybe you've got automated emails that go out, or automated texts, or even now, automated voicemails, which is like, oh my God, does anybody even listen to voicemails anymore? But there's so many things that are so unauthentic and don't make a personal connection. I always tell my customers, pick your 100 best customers and just reward the heck out of them. And they're going to be the ones that do the marketing for you. Because ultimately, remember, we were doing marketing and advertising and business a hell of a lot longer than when Facebook came out. Oh, you know, my actually my company, we started in 2002. Facebook wasn't around. LinkedIn wasn't around. Companies weren't really even doing a lot of email marketing back then. And we had to find ways to reach our customers and reconnect with them. 
I think it's time that we maybe went full circle and went reconnected with those strategies again. Oh, yeah. The pendulum is swinging back to how do you really make a difference and make a personal difference? I know there are a lot of folks out there that are tired of looking at their phone a thousand times a day, and they want to throw that thing against the, the window. You know? I know I ask people, I'm like, how many people love Facebook? And half the crowd will usually say, yeah, I love it, I love it. And half the crowd would say, I wish it would just go away. You know, it's, it's not a matter of saying one is good or one is bad, but I think as a business owner, you have to be ready to communicate with people in a lot of different ways and recognize that there are ways to leave the computer and the telephone behind and connect directly in a very physical and tangible way with the people that you're really most interested in creating that relationship with. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's, it's got to be one of those things, and, and that old adage of it takes seven touches to reach out to somebody before they're ready to do business with. I always tell this story about my wife. Um, I, I literally chased my wife for eight years before she finally said yes. <laughs> so, you are very persistent. So I, I always say that that was a, an effective marketing campaign. <laughs> Uh, and, and now we've had a long-standing relationship as well, so she's a repeat customer, if you will. <laughs> but, it, but it really does come down to how do you connect with the – yes, there's nothing wrong with sending out um, automated emails or doing some social media um, and, and doing it in a systematic way so that people will uh, reconnect with you or engage with you on their time. But let's also put into that funnel, if you will, or that activity of things that you do – uh, instead of it being seven emails, how about a personal card? How about uh, even if you want to sit there and take the time to write out a message? We, we assign value today with things that take time mm -hmm. because really time is our most precious entity. So if I get a personal card in the mail from somebody, I actually give that a lot of authority and appreciation because I know it took somebody – a lot longer to do that than just fire off an email. You know, it's so interesting because uh, there was a point where our, our mailboxes were overloaded and you would just toss <laughs> those cards on your desk going later, later, later. And now, other than a few bills and lots of checks from clients, I hope, there's very little in my in my physical mailbox. And so when I get a note card from someone and it's in an envelope and it looks like they put a real stamp on it, it gets my attention. Yeah, there's so much less competition in your mailbox than your inbox. I can't tell you how many times at my seminars I've said something like, hey, how many people have a thousand unopened emails in their inbox? And pretty much everybody will raise their hand until we start saying, how about 10,000 or 20,000? Finally, the, the hands are going down. But you're right, people aren't spending the money to be in the mailbox anymore. So you're going to start seeing more folks starting to leverage and utilize that very personal connection again. And I think that's kind of cool. I've worked with a lot of nonprofits as well, and a lot of them had literally stopped sending, like I work with a lot of feeders even, and a lot of them had stopped sending these uh, catalogs or brochures about what they do like a subscription series for a theater, for example. Mm -hmm. And now they're going back to it because of that fact. Yeah. Um, especially if it's, well, not necessarily that 
seniors aren't going to be using their phones because they do. But as long as you've got big font and something that someone can actually touch, it makes a difference for people to be able to see it and touch it and feel it, and it feels real. Whereas an email doesn't have that same feeling. No, and I think the other thing about something that's physical is that it, it, it hangs around a little bit longer. You know, I get an email as a thank you note from you, and I'm like, oh, that was nice of Nick to send me that thank you note. I send you a quick thanks, you know, thanks for the comment, and, and it's gone. But that note card hangs around on my desk, or it gets put on a bulletin board, and if it's a brochure or promo thing, it may stay on the kitchen counter for a day or two before I file it away. So that physical nature, again, because we don't get as much anymore, I think they stay around longer. I, I absolutely agree. We, we actually call it refrigerator marketing. And uh, I use a service that's really great. It's called Send Out Cards, um, and anybody can use it. It's, it's just like uh, one of the email service providers we use, which is Constant Contact. Great marketing service. So with Send Out Cards, you can literally put a personalized picture on any card that you want to send, and then you can actually write your little message, which is as personal as you'd like to make it as well, and then you send it off. And today, we're raising an entire generation of kids that love to take pictures but don't have any physical pictures. They literally are only on their Facebook page. When you send a picture with a parent and a kid, or in my case, my kid is my furry pet, or you know, my wife and I decide not to have kids and we have dogs, if, you, like if I'm a veterinarian and I send a card as if it were from my dog, or let's say it's a dog walking service, for example, and you send a card with my dog's picture on it and then put like a little quote like a comic, like, hey, I miss my friends at the dog park, that's going to make a huge difference. If it's a funny picture with my dog, I'm putting it up on the fridge. It'll be there forever. That is absolutely brilliant. You don't, you don't think about the fact that people just, they don't print those pictures. So, yeah, they, they are going to keep it around. My vet did that, and it, was, it happened to be a really nice picture of one of my cats. And I did. I kept it on my bulletin board for a really long time. And as long as it's about the customer... Not about the business. I say this a lot. I mean, I know a lot of insurance people out there, and uh, there's a particular brand that I, I'm not a big fan of, and they provide these quote-unquote birthday cards for their agents to send out. And that is a marketing card parading as a really lame birthday card because really all it's doing is saying, hey, happy birthday, come on in and spend more money. And that is not going to be effective at all. No, but, but it's, it's this personalization, and it's funny because I just had a conversation on an earlier episode of More Than a Few Words with Ellen McDowell, and the whole conversation was just about this movement to more personalized marketing. That It is that idea that you've got to make it about, about me, the customer, and not really about you because when you make it about me, I'm likely to pay attention and you earn the right to then talk to me about your product or service. That's right. And too many of the marketers out there or the small business owners who just don't know that that's not the right tactic, we all know you want us to buy your stuff. We know that. So when you send us 10% off and then 20% off and then 30% off and then 40% off, why aren't you guys responding? Because we don't care about that. We know you'll give us a good deal. What we care about is how does that affect my life and what's in it for me? Absolutely. So 
like you want to market to the emotional benefit of your customers, not the cool features and bells and whistles that most people get trapped into trying to talk about their business. Like we've got the coolest features. Well, nobody cares. Yeah. How does it save time or make us money? That's all we really ultimately care about. Absolutely. So, you know, when you're talking about cards, I think birthday cards and anniversary cards are, you know, or thanks for coming in are nice reminders. But are there other events that are great times to send note cards to your customers? Other occasions that it seem to make sense? Certainly a welcome card is great when they first come to your business. But like I said, but what we've talked about is that most people are trying to get that new customer, and then they forget to ever talk to that customer again. So it's really important that you put some kind of process in place that you remind yourself to contact those customers, those valuable customers, every 90 days with something that's very personal. So if that can be around a holiday season, that's fine. If it's going to be Valentine's Day, summer, for example then Labor Day, and then Thanksgiving. And I always try to leverage Thanksgiving even more than Christmas because there's even less competition for a happy Thanksgiving card than for a happy hol uh, holiday card. Mm -hmm. um, but what's most important is that your customers will leave you because of a perceived indifference to them. And you lose 10% of your relationship if you don't talk to somebody every month. So if you've gone 10 months without talking to a customer or sending them a card or being personal with them in some way, shape, or fashion, then it's almost as if you're starting from scratch. And of course, they're going to go to the next guy who's got a lower price or someone who's paying attention to them in the past 30 days that you haven't done. Who's your most valuable customer? Your most valuable customer is your repeat customer. You want to market to that person as much as possible. So, for example, I work with a lot of wineries. So, do you like wine? I love wine. <laughs> Who doesn't, right? Well, there are some folks that, you know, don't. But uh, I am a huge wine lover, and I've got a bunch of winery clients. And, I, and this is how I kind of explain that idea of who spends the most money and why those repeat customers are the ones that are the most important. And all you need to do is focus on them. So, if I'm going to a winery, basically I'm going to a wine tasting. Mm -hmm. And if I go in and I spend my 10 bucks for a wine tasting, I'm going to sample 10 or uh, five different glasses of wine, let's say, or tastes of wine. Do you think the winery made any money on that interaction? No. No. Not at all. They have, they have to pour the wine. They have to open the bottles. That's kind of the cost of doing business for them. So if I don't like any of the wines, which for me would never, ever happen, <laughs> because I'm going to like something. <laughs> like my wife and I will go, right, and, and we're going to like something. So I spent 10 bucks. My wife spent 10 bucks. If we like a bottle of wine, now we're spending $30. So the second interaction, you're already spending two to three times more money than you did the first time. Now, if we take that home and we have a party with our friends and a bunch of our friends really love this particular wine, what do you think we're going to do? You're going to buy more of it. You're going to recommend them. You're going to talk about where you got that product. And you're going to move from being a customer to a raving fan. That's exactly right. And I'm going to spend up to 10 times more on repeat business because there's no customer acquisition cost. You already have me. Mm. I love you, right? Yeah. So that's what it's the anti-Groupon strategy is what I call it. 
Groupon was great for Groupon and for customers who use Groupon because they're getting 50% off or 75% off something. But there's no loyalty to the actual customer themselves or to the brand. No. Right? So if my, if my winery does a Groupon and gets people into the winery, well, good for them. They got people into the winery. But most people, if they don't like the wine, they're just going to go to the next Groupon deal. Right? So Groupon has not been very successful for actual small businesses. It's actually hurt them quite a lot because, you know, the idea was to create loyalty. Hey, we've, we've had an, uh, one experience with you. We liked it so much we're going to continue to do that for you. But in reality, that just didn't play out the way that it should have or should, or should play out. Most of the people are just basically trying to get the deal. Those aren't very good for you. The people who are good for you are those ones that absolutely love you and are going to spread the word and be the raving fan for you, just like you were saying before. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, we're, again, like, you know, you're talking about Groupon, was that business owners did not have a plan to reconnect with the people. So you came in and you got free appetizer with dinner, or you came in and you got half off of whatever the service was. When I've used Groupon, very rarely does the business follow up with me and say, hey, how did you like it? Would you like to come back? That problem was, was Groupon not necessarily sharing that information with the end uh, merchant. Mm-hmm. And the merchant hadn't thought about that to ensure that when somebody did redeem that coupon, that Groupon, that they were collecting that most important information, which is email and phone number, of your customer can then own that relationship and that's the thing that's isn't that what we're just trying to get back to you need to own the relationship and I talk a lot about that too like like how we started the interview I want you to think about doing your business as if you were running a restaurant in 1969 before everybody pulled out their mobile phone and threw it on the table Right? When you actually went out to dinner and you actually had conversations with the people who were at your table. <laughs> so if you own a restaurant, you would be the host and people would come in and you would literally know everyone by first name. You would know their spouse by first name. Mm-hmm. You would know their kids. You would know their favorite entrees. And you would even know their favorite desserts. And you would probably, every once in a while, just give them a free dessert just because they were awesome and they were happy, loyal customers. That's what people have to go back to. Successful businesses, and there are a lot of them out there, have never forgotten that. I think for companies that are starting in a very digital age, this may feel new and different to them, but I, it is definitely how you build that loyal following, those groupies. Yeah, that's what we're st- we're starting to market this as a new marketing tactic, and everything old is new again. You're absolutely right. People were doing this for years mm-hmm. before the digital revolution came around. Now we're swinging back to it. Absolutely. So this is awesome, and I know that you are a reseller for standout cards, and we will include standout cards. Standout cards. Yep. Standout cards, and we will include a link to standout cards along with the podcast. So for those of you that are listening um, and you'd like to know more about it, absolutely click on the link, follow up with Nick. Nick, if people want to get in touch with you, where should they go? So the best place, of course, is our website, socialpunchmarketing.com. And then you can find us all over social media as well. So we're on Facebook slash Social Punch Marketing. 
And then I'm on Twitter myself at N Cavara, C-A-V as in Victor, A-R-R-A. So hit me up there, tweet with me. Love to interact with as many customers as possible. Awesome. I really want to thank you. I think this was a great conversation and I think a really good wake-up call for a lot of our listeners to begin thinking about the 100 customers that they need to get in touch with in the next 30 business days. And you may have even given them an idea or two on how to do that. I hope so. I hope so. Well, that wraps up another episode. If you've enjoyed today's show and you'd like to learn more about Roundpeg, be sure to check out our blog at www.roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.